The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone, but the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. During the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and called him, you of little faith, why do you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him saying, truly, you are the Son of God. The Gospel of the Lord. Pray with me, please. We pray, come Holy Spirit. Lord, speak to us today in the power of your Holy Spirit that we might hear, that we might respond. Thank you for your love, that you loved us first, Lord that enables us to love you. We pray in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Please be seated. Well, I just got to say, it is a joy to be back with you. If I break down in tears, just put up with it, okay? It's been three weeks since I've been with you, and to see y'all today, it's just, it's just it's life-giving. Thank you for the time away. Libby and I uh, went down to the beach, our old stomping grounds down there, and we, we had a wonderful time. It's a time of being refreshed, a time of, of being renewed. It was a life-giving time to prepare for what the Lord wants to do when we get back. You know, there's a rhythm that we find in the gospel. I've talked about this before, but it's true. There's a rhythm found in John in chapter 15 when Jesus is teaching that you can do nothing if you're not attached to the vine. And he says that the branch must be attached to the vine. And he describes this this process that takes place, that, that as the branch grows, it's pruned back so that it can abide in the vine so that what? It can grow again and produce fruit. So you see that there's a rhythm of, of, of abiding in the vine and then producing fruit, abiding in the vine and then producing fruit. And we can take that as a principle that we find uh, in the gospel that we must rest to work. We must rest that we might be fruitful. 
And that's the rhythm that we find uh, Jesus speaking of in the gospel. We even see it in the gospel today that what happens is after Jesus has fed the 5,000, he goes up on the mountainside. And there he's resting. How is he resting? He's spending time abiding with the Father in prayer. Why? So that he might be fruitful as he moves out again. So I, I ascribe this rhythm to you. I'll confess, I'm not good with it. You see, in our culture, we tend to work first, then rest. We rest from our work, but that's not the created order. You go back and read creation. Go back and read Genesis 1 and 2. God created, he created, created, created. He created man and woman. It was very good, and guess what he did? He rested. And then coming out of that rest, now man and woman, go and multiply. Be fruitful. So we're to work from our rest. And that's why vacation is so important. That's why a daily abiding in the Lord is important that we might be fruitful to do what he's calling us to do. So I thank you. Thank you for that time. We have come back, and it, it, I promise you, it, it was a little bumpy re-entering, but um, it, it's, it's good to be back, and, and I just love y'all. And I mean that. I love you. Three weeks ago, I guess it's four weeks ago now, when I was last here, uh, Charlie Duke gave testimony. He said that, well, he confessed that he was the youngest man to walk on the moon. And he said he still is the youngest man to ever walk on the moon. He's one of 12 men to have walked on the moon. Charlie, you're one up today. Peter walked on water, <laughs> and Jesus walked on water. What you did is wonderful, but you've been one-upped. <laughs> I want to look at that text today that we find in Matthew's gospel. Mark records it. John records it. It's this familiar story. We know it so well. The story of Jesus walking on the water and, and calling Peter out of the boat, and Peter walks on the water. It, it, last week, if you were here, you heard Dan preach about the feeding of the 5,000. And, and he taught that, that, that he, he showed us the very heart of God, the compassion of God, how he was compelled to act, how he was compelled to meet the need of the people. So much so that he gives himself completely. He breaks his body and spills his blood that we might be brought into a relationship with him. The compassion of the Lord, compelled to act. And it's coming out of that moment that Jesus sends his disciples from the east side of the Sea of Galilee to the west side. It's about four miles wide. And Jesus is up on the mountainside. The people are dispersed. They wanted to make him king. And so he gets out of there. He goes up on the mountainside. And there he's praying. Do you think he knows that his friends are getting ready to head into a storm? Well, I have to assume he knows that. He sends them out into a storm, just like the Holy Spirit sent Jesus out into the wilderness and he encounters Satan, his own storm. And we read in the text today that as they're on the way over there, they're struggling. 
And about the fourth watch of the night, which is between 3 o'clock and 6 o'clock in the morning, Jesus walks to them on water. Now, these guys, you know the story. They're, they're straining. They're, they're probably grumbling and complaining. They're, why the storm? It's so unexpected. Storms of life are like that, aren't they? We don't plan the storms in our lives. They just come. And that's what happened with these guys. And, and they see Jesus walking to them, and they're afraid. They're not expecting Jesus. Even though he just fed 5,000, you would have thought, wow, if Jesus were here, oh, we just, they think he's a phantom, a ghost, and they're frightened. And Jesus says, don't be afraid. It is I. I am. He identifies who he is. And that's when Peter said, Lord, if that is you, tell me to come to you. And Jesus says, come. Tell me to come to you. And he gives the command, the imperative, come, come. And Peter throws his feet over the gunwale of the boat. And step by step by step by step, he's going to Jesus. That's a remarkable story. That's greater than walking on the moon. Peter is walking on water. What I want to consider today is the invitation. Do we hear the invitation, come? Can we hear him today? Do we expect to walk on water? Maybe not walk on water, but do we expect that God can do something supernatural through us? He says, come. Can we hear him calling us? Can we hear him speaking to us today? In our boats. Because I would have to guess that we're all facing some type of storm of some kind. The old saying is, you're either going into a storm or you're coming out of a storm. We know storms. We know trials. We know tribulations. Jesus promised we're going to have them. And we act like, well, why am I going through this? Well, it's the promise of Jesus. Well, why me? Well, because he promised. You're going to have tough times. He says, take heart. I've, I've overcome that, though. Do we know the voice of Jesus, this voice that we heard about in Psalm 29, this voice, the voice of the Lord that's powerful and majestic, the voice of the Lord that breaks the cedars, the voice of the Lord that strikes like flashes of lightning, the voice of the Lord that gives strength to the people and blesses the people with peace. How do we hear him? We read in Revelation, we read in Revelation as Jesus is talking to the seven churches in Revelation. And listen to what he says. He says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says. Let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Do you hear that? This is Jesus talking to the churches in Revelation. He who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says. Do we hear him? 
Do we hear the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, in our lives today? You see, that was the problem with the people of Israel. You go back and you read the history of of the people of Israel, and God, time and time again, would send prophets to them. And what would they do? They would speak the Word of God. Listen to my voice. Constantly, the Lord sending prophets to his people. Listen to the word of God. What's interesting that in the Hebrew, the word for listen and the word for obey are the same word. And, and what we find in the history of the Israelites is that they didn't either. They didn't listen and they didn't obey. Jeremiah said it this way. They didn't obey or incline their ear. They walked in stubbornness. Do we hear him? Can we hear him? Can we hear the Holy Spirit in our lives? Or are we stubborn? Are we stiff-necked? Are we resisting the very Holy Spirit in our lives? Listen. Don't we know that if we're married? Don't we know the value of listening to our spouse? I mean, that's what keeps our marriages healthy, isn't it? Listening to our spouse. And when we stop listening to our spouse, we feel it, don't we? And when we feel it, we start to kind of drift apart because we're not listening. It's the very same thing with the Holy Spirit. When we stop listening to him, we begin to drift apart in our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, hearing, listening, that changes us. And that's what the Lord Jesus wants for us. He wants us to hear and he wants us to follow. This is why he said before he ascended, hey, I'm going I'm to send my spirit. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. I'm going to send him to you because he wants us to hear him. He wants us to be in relationship with him. It's the Holy Spirit, he says, that's going to teach us all things. It's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that's going to guide us into all truth. Do we hear him? It's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that's going to disciple us in character to be more like Christ. It's the Holy Spirit that convicts us of sin that we might turn and return to Jesus. It's the Holy Spirit that protects us from evil. It's the Holy Spirit that empowers us to do what we're called to do, to get out of the boat and to walk on water. Always, always to the glory of God. We glorify Him as we listen to Him, as we obey Him. Do we hear Him? in our lives do we listen to the holy spirit do we follow does he lead or do we lead that's the very testimony that you read of paul in acts in chapter 16 paul who was doing wonderful things proclaiming the gospel in the power of the holy spirit and paul who thought he was going to go to bithynia bithynia you get it thought he was going to go into Asia to continue the good work that he was doing in the power of the Holy Spirit, and it's the Holy Spirit that stopped him. He said, I want you to go to Macedonia. 
I want you to go to Europe. And what's interesting about that, that when Paul's journey leads to Europe, guess who he picks up on the way? Picks up Luke. And Luke starts scribing all these journeys. It's through the Holy Spirit. Paul was so in tune to the Holy Spirit that he allowed the Holy Spirit to lead him, to guide him. How does he speak to us? He speaks to us through his people. That's what he did with the prophets. I say it time and time again, that God speaks to his people through his people. Thus says the Lord. He speaks to us like he did with Paul through a vision. He had a vision. Go to Macedonia. And Paul, in obedience to the vision, goes to Macedonia. He speaks to us us through the opening and closing of opportunities and doors. And when we hear and listen and obey, he brings unity and he brings peace and he brings order. That's what happened. Peter got out of the boat. You want an object lesson for Hebrews 12? Some of my life lesson, a life verse. Hebrews 12. Fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith. Don't get easily entangled by the sin that so wants to entangle you. And that's what happened with Peter. He got out of that boat on the the power of the word of God, and he walked to Jesus, but then he got distracted. Then he started looking at all the storms raging in in, in, in um, in the sea. And we do that, don't we? We begin well. Yes, let's go. But then we start to think, what am I doing? I can't do this. And we begin to get entangled in the sin that wants to distract us from doing what God's calling us to do. This is an object lesson of Hebrews 12. Does he lead us? Do we hear him? Do we lead? Because if we lead, guess what? We're in control. And for a lot of us, that's where we want to be. We want to be in control. But if he leaves us, we yield control. And yielding control is surrendering to the person of the Holy Spirit. And that scares a lot of people. What am I going to be called to do? What's going to happen to me? I just want to stay in control of of, of my life. We surrender. And friends, surrender is a choice. It's a choice. Peter chose to get out of the boat. He could have stayed in the boat with the other 11 guys. But he chose. He surrendered to the Lord. He surrendered to his word. And in the power of the Holy Spirit, he walked on water. And he did supernatural things. Surrender. That's exactly what happened to Mary. Mary. When when the angel Gabriel came to Mary and said, Mary, you're highly favored. The Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And Mary had a choice then. She could say, I don't think so. I don't want to do this. But what does Mary say? May it be done to me according to your word. Do we hear the Holy Spirit speaking to us in our lives?
Because this is how God speaks to us, in and through the person of the Holy Spirit. We pick up Scripture. That's why we always say when we pick up Scripture, Lord, speak to me today in your word. That's why we always pray when we get up here, come Holy Spirit, speak. Do we hear him? Do we follow him? Do we surrender and let go of control? Because this is what Jesus wants. It's what God wants. He says, come. That's the invitation. Come. And now follow. Trust me. Peter, you can do this. Keep your eyes on me. Trust me. I'm giving you everything you need to do this. Come. Listen to me. This is what we need today, friends. We need this. Because we live in a time and we live in a culture that's similar to the times of the churches that we read about in Revelation. Revelation 2 and 3. We live in a time when the culture is hostile to God. We live in a time when the culture is is defiant to His Word. We live in a time when the culture is self-focused. We live in a time where sexual immorality is idolatry. And Jesus says to those who have ears to hear, let them hear what the Spirit says. We need to hear and listen and follow in the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what Peter did. And with that, we can get out of the boat. And we can do what God wants to purpose in our lives. Even here at St. Paul's Church, Lord, what are you calling us to do? How are you calling us to, to, to get out of this boat? It might seem to be, oh, that's just, we can't do that. But is he issuing the invitation, come? Do we let go of control and surrender? Or do we just hold on to it? Those who have ears to hear, let them hear what the Spirit says. Father God, we thank you. We thank you for your incredible love. Lord, you bid us to come to you because you love us. And you know what's best for us, Lord. Incline our hearts, Lord, to be soft and malleable and not hard and stiff-necked. That we don't push you away, but that we come. We love you, Lord, because you first loved us. And we pray in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen.